Hello and welcome to the Quadcast. I'm your host, John McAlevey. For those of you who are new to the experience, I created this podcast three years ago. And while it is mainly for and about folks like me who have had their lives affected by a spinal cord injury, it is really for anyone who just wants to be inspired. And if you are not that by the end of this episode, well, then there's something seriously wrong with you. The reason I say that is because my guest, Aaron Van Trees, is the youngest person I have interviewed and because his story is remarkable. I first heard of Aaron, or should I say his story, a little over a year ago when I was making breakfast. As an avid sports fan, I was listening to Boomer and Geo on WFAN radio. Now, oftentimes I hear bits and pieces of what's going on on the show, but for some reason my ears perked up when I heard Jerry Recco, who some time ago had a sports broadcasting academy in Chatham, New Jersey, which I attended, mentioned that a young football player from down the shore had suffered a spinal cord injury. Of course, I thought immediately maybe the young man would be doing his rehab at Kessler. Selfishly, I was hoping so, because I wanted to try and help him and his family in this time of need and uncertainty. Some time went by, and I found out that not only was he coming, he was in the building. Not one to smother, I let a week or so go by before heading down to his room. I must say, it was easier getting an audience with the Pope than it was getting in to see Aaron early on, and that was because he always had a room full of amazing family and friends. When I did finally get in with Jochen the Wonder Service Dog, we could not have been more impressed. Though he was still on a vent initially, Aaron always had a smile on his face. For those of you frequent flyers here on the Quadcast, you will know that I just commemorated my 31st injury anniversary, which means I have been around individuals with SCIs for many moons now. And I am proud to say that I have never seen anyone progress as quickly and amazingly well as the man they call AVT. A combination of the good Lord's hands and Aaron's attacking therapy has truly been eye-opening. I can't wait for you to hear all about it from the man himself. And following this message from the good folks at Canine Companions, you will. And that, my friends, is next. This is my new best friend, Esther. She might look like any normal, playful puppy, but Esther's being raised to become a canine companions for independence assistance dog for a person with a disability. To get there, she needs lots of loving care and attention, plenty of exercise, and good eating habits so that she can live a long and healthy life for her future family. And she needs to spend tons of time socializing, learning basic commands like sit and stay, and taken to fun places with lots of distractions so that she can learn to cope in every situation. All of this will prepare Esther for more professional training to become a real assistance dog and a life helping a person with a disability to live more independently. Are you ready to open your heart and home for 18 months to a puppy like Esther? To find out more about becoming a canine companion for Independence Puppy Raiser or about other volunteer opportunities, visit cci.org or call 1-800-572-BARK. Raise a puppy, change a life. You can make a world of difference in the life of a person with a disability. And welcome back to your weekly 30 to 45 minute session of OT and PT for the soul. Remember, you can find the quadcast at any number of podcasting hosts, such as Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, to name a few. And now please join me in welcoming my friend Aaron Van Trees to the program. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I know. We've talked about doing this for so long, and it's finally here, right? No, we've been talking it up since Tesla, I think, pretty much. So That's it. It's definitely been a uh, long time coming. That's it. All right. Well, what I like to usually do with all of my shows is to begin at the beginning. So why don't you tell us where did you grow up and what were some things you enjoyed doing as a young person? Yeah, I um I grew up in Manisquan, New Jersey, down at the uh, the shore, and uh, I was actually we moved here when I was two. So my parents had a house in uh, Lacey, Fork River area, and we uh, moved down to Manisquan when I was two. So that's really where I uh, this is all I know really. And um, Manisquan is like the it's like a town out of a movie. It's a pretty cute like perfect little town. They got a little bit of everything and. Um, everybody knows each other so it was a really really amazing town to grow up in and still live in now yep um and uh things to keep me busy when i was younger i played a lot of sports the uh first sport i got into was wrestling okay when i was probably five or six and then uh baseball shortly after that and then probably football i started when i was seven playing tackle football and have been doing it ever since and that was really my uh True love growing up and still is today. Yeah. Now you mentioned Manasquan. I know that's a beach town, but you were not a beach guy, right? You were not a surfer and not a uh, uh, fun sun in the sand, huh? No, I, um, for how close it is, I definitely take it for granted. I definitely take it for granted what yeah. we got down here. Yep. I, uh, no, I, I really didn't love the beach. I'd rather be by a pool somewhere or hanging out on a football field, throwing a football or something, but. No, it's um all the rage during the summer for sure for everybody to get to the beach when you're around here. Absolutely, yeah. All of us Bennies come from North Jersey and we, we yeah, they hug the muck up all us. the streets, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez, exactly. I can remember when my family has a home down in Bayhead, which is not too far from you. And yep. I, I can recall at the end of the summer when we were getting on the parkway to head home, there were there were a bunch of young people that were on the side of the road as and then they were waving. They had big signs that were said, "Bye bye, thanks for giving us our our uh, lovely shore back." Yeah, exactly. They uh, the summer starts and the population in these towns That's doubles right. pretty much. That's it. That's it. So you mentioned sports were big. I know for a lot of uh, the guests that I've had on the show. That has been uh, a constant, and they were big in my life as well. One that I don't hear a ton of uh, is wrestling. And one of my best buds that I grew up with went on to wrestle at the United States Naval Academy. He was a, one of the top wrestlers in New Jersey and uh, throughout our high school ranks. Tell us about what it is about wrestling that, that you know, got you going. I know that's discipline and, and uh, you know, strength and all of that. Is that some of the stuff that drew you, drew you to the sport? Definitely. It, um, from all the sports I played at least and that I could speak on, it's easily the most uh, physically demanding at practice. And then during matches for sure, even though matches you're doing when I was wrestling two minute, two and a half minute periods, it's still, it's kind of nonstop and you are drained by the end of a uh, match for sure if it goes the uh, the whole way mm-hmm. but um there's definitely a lot of a lot of great lessons to be learned from wrestling and i guess all the sports i did but wrestling especially yeah now definitely that... teach you to kind of uh like use some uh some grit and uh clench your teeth and try to get through the practices which are 
extremely physically straining. Yeah. And it's, it's, an, it's a team sport, but it's also really an individual sport, right, Aaron? Talk about how, you know, it is when you're, you're preparing, you know, for your matches, but you're one, you know, rung in the ladder of a team sport. So how, how did that dynamic come in? Yeah, it's definitely, I think that's what makes it the most, uh, one of the more interesting sports. The fact that it is a team sport, but at the end of the day, it is uh, an individual sport where, which I didn't wrestle in high school, but if you are wrestling in high school, you're really looking to win a uh, state title for yourself, mm-hmm. I guess, more so than the team at some point. But um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting because there's still that team um, companionship because you're working out with those kids in the wrestling room every day. But then when it comes down to it, it's every man for himself trying to uh, yeah. get themselves a state title when you're talking high school wrestling. It sure is. And football, what was it about football? I, I, I see, you know, with wrestling and now with football, you like contact and physicality. And, and what were some, uh, what were the positions that you played as a youngster? And then who were some of the role models that you looked up to? Who were some of your idols as a kid? Yeah, I, um, the thing, I, I think the thing that drew me to football was the fact that, I mean, growing up, we had Notre Dame games on every Saturday. And um, we were always a big sports family, but especially football, which I feel like a lot of people are, uh, especially Saturday and Sunday in the fall, you always have football on. Oh, yeah. So that definitely uh, drew me to it. And I think another thing is that it's just such a um, it's such a, a crazy sport in the fact that there's so many different things going on. 11 different guys on each side of the field have to know what they're doing. And there's so much... Um, set up behind it behind the scenes getting ready to play a game or whatever it is just there's so much set up for one play yeah that i think a lot of people uh might not know just from not ever playing football and that is like i think that is the true beauty of it how uh mentally demanding it is as physically as well um and guys i looked up to i uh who was your team I'm a Buccaneers fan. We're we're all Notre Dame fans in the house. It's that or you get kicked out. But, um, <laughs> at NFL, I've been a Buccaneers fan ever since I've I've grown up. Okay, what is it? The colors? I, what what made you drive? What made you jump on the Buccaneer bandwagon? My parents' name was the colors and the uh, the logo because I love the uh, pirate, the skull and uh, the skull and the uh, yep. crossbone type thing they had going on there. Yeah. So I guess it was like a perfect storm for me, and then I eventually became a Bucks fan. Mm-hmm. And um, dudes I looked up to when I was younger and playing in high school, I uh, I, I wore 18 because Peyton Manning was definitely my um, okay my number one guy I looked up to quarterback-wise. Omaha, Omaha. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And no, I loved his game, the fact that he was uh, the minds behind the operation and everything. And I love Tom Brady for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is – he just – throws the ball better than anybody I've ever seen at least. It's kind of like a poetry in motion watching him throw the football. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. That, boy, that was a tough thing that happened to him. Oh my gosh. Four plays. I, know. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Poor, I, hope, I hope he comes back even better. But. I do too. I mean, these poor Jet fans. They My, my Jet fans friends called me and they said, we can't have nice things. What is the problem with this? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's some kind of curse there. They gotta. They gotta figure out how to reverse. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you mentioned high school, playing football in high school. Let's go back. It's your senior year at St. John Vianney, and football season is is in full swing. 
what is the goal, you know, team-wise and individually, and how was everything going in both regards before that fateful day for you? Yeah, um, team-wise, I mean, our coach always said the goal, which I think everybody's goal is to win a uh, state title. And obviously before that, we had to kind of work through our division that was set up for us and try to win a division title. So those were definitely our two main team goals. And um, individually, I had uh, I still hadn't played quarterback really to that point until the end of junior year. And coming into that year, I knew that I was going to have to definitely work hard to uh, try to show that I could be the uh, the quarterback for the team and everything and start at quarterback. Yep. So there was a lot of hard work that went into that. And, and um, I'm happy that I was able to work hard enough and I got the uh, the nod to uh, play quarterback, which was kind of always my dream growing up, especially for our high school football team like Vienna. Sure. Um, so individually, that was definitely my goal to see if I could uh, get myself the starting spot there at quarterback, which ended up working out for me. Yeah. And were you playing both ways? Did you play defense as well? I did. I played um, I played quarterback and I played safety on defense. I would um, mix in and out at safety. Okay. And did you have a preference? Did you like one more than the other? Or did you, you mentioned before about you liked football, that all the, you know, all the ins and outs that go into it, each play has a, has a certain call for it. And um, you played two positions where you had to use your brain a lot. You know, as a quarterback, you had to know where everybody was. And in safety, you're kind of like the quarterback of the defense. So I could see how that was the case. Yeah, no, I um, I would definitely say I preferred quarterback just because that was my true love growing up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, no, say I I like playing safety too, and it's definitely calling out coverages and stuff like that. But we had a uh, a great middle linebacker. His name was Christian Buchanan. He really uh, kind of was definitely I would say the quarterback of our defense. He was great at uh, moving everybody around. He knew where everybody had to be. Yeah, and uh, no, he he's amazing to play with. Okay. But um, yeah, two similar in the fact that you're calling out coverages on defense trying to move everybody around yep you're playing safety and then a quarterback obviously uh calling plays out and then trying to uh adjust at the line if you need to or whatever it is yes so then let's let's go there tell us about the day that that changed your life what what do you recall before during and immediately after you had your accident yeah we were um playing Manisquan on that day, which is my uh, hometown, like uh, we were getting into a little bit before. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, um, I knew, I knew a uh, majority of the kids on the team because I had grown up with a lot of them because I went to uh, Manisquan high school, um, sorry, Manisquan uh, elementary and middle school from uh, K through eight. Yes. So it was, it was definitely like a uh, exciting feeling before that game. It's kind of like, what we've been doing as kids here in Manisquan playing at uh, the park football. Yeah, it was personal, right? It was personal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There was definitely a little bit of a personal, I hear you. Uh, I know what you're talking about. A hundred percent. Definitely like a personal note to it just because you're playing against all your friends who you'd grown up with. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that was beforehand and everything. So emotions you had playing your friends and everything. And then um, when the uh, the injury happened, I think it was only, I think it was only the third play of the game. Mm-hmm. And we were on um, defense, and uh, one of my good buddies, he ran like a like a crossing route or like a slant route, and um, I ended up hitting him because they threw they threw uh, the quarterback threw the ball to him, and I hit him right as he caught it, and I ended up um, having my injury like that, 
and uh, that was pretty much there. I saw um, obviously all the trainers came out on the field and so on. I had to get, I got put into an ambulance and then eventually they actually airlifted me to RWJ. And uh, I pretty much, I remember everything until I got to RWJ. And once I got there, I think I want to say I was in and out of it for a couple of days until I could kind of get my, uh, yeah. everything straight. Yeah. I know one of the common um, things that I hear from people is they say right after they've had, they had their accident that they just felt numb. I mean, I can, that's all I felt after I fell down the stairs. I, I just remember laying there. I couldn't move anything and I was just completely numb. Like I had no feeling at all. Is that sort of what you felt? A hundred percent. I would, um, you, you get like a, at least for me, I had like a lot of uh, like pins and needles yeah. kind of running through my body. I would say for sure, and yes. that's the initial the initial uh, injury, mm-hmm. and then everything kind of like numbs out, and you're obviously you're can pretty confused because you just we really still don't know what happened to you, what it was. Yeah. Um. At first, I almost at first I kind of thought I had like a concussion. I'd never had a bad concussion or any concussion for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, cause I think I was knocked out on the field for a minute or two. Sure. But I thought it was some kind of concussion, but then it kind of, um, it lasted. Yeah, exactly. And we could kind of, or I could come to my senses while I was on the field. That was a little bit more uh, serious than a concussion for sure. And yeah. it was going to be, uh, definitely a different injury than a concussion. Sure. So you were taken to RWJ, you said, and then. Um, yes. what did, uh, what did the doctors tell you or were they, were they kind of keeping that away from you and telling your parents instead? My, um, my parents did a, a, a really good job of kind of, um, talking with the doctors initially. Yeah. Um, and figuring it out. And I still even think they were, they were obviously told it was a uh, spinal cord injury. And if you, if you don't have a spinal cord injury or don't really know anybody that has one, you really still don't know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. So I think we were all still kind of confused to an extent about what this actually meant going forward. Yeah. And um, I do remember at one point, maybe a weekend, I had I had uh, been intubated and everything. Yep. And I was going to get a, a trach put in. Mm-hmm. And I believe a doctor told my parents, he never got to tell me this, but he told my parents that I was going to be on some kind of like breathing apparatus for the rest of my life. Oh, geez. Which when my parents heard that, they didn't, they didn't let it get to me because they thought there'd be no good telling me that. Yeah. Which I agree a hundred percent. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, your dad told me that story and I could just see, I could just see the look on his face with some doctor telling he's going to go tell your son that. And, yeah. No, and you're I, not. Uh, Stay out of his room. Exactly. And yeah. I love him so much for doing that for me, for kind of uh, being a barrier to stuff like that when yeah. we were in the uh, acute stage or uh, of the injury and stuff like that when we were at RWJ. Yes. Because what people don't realize is that they know that these injuries affect us so much physically because, you know, all of a sudden your body doesn't work the way it used to all within a split second. But what they don't realize is how it's almost even more so mentally how they affect us. I mean, how, how did you kind of deal with things, you know, early on between your ears, not so much that you can't, you know, get up and walk out of the room, but my goodness, trying to come to grips with it. Yeah, it's definitely, um, maybe one of the craziest if not one of the crazier situations someone can kind of get thrown into especially so quick a spinal cord injury yeah um mentally me and my parents we've they have reinforced in me and i obviously believe it 100 percent 
we knew we were going to figure a way to work our way out of this and rehab and everything like that. Yeah. So we always, always pushed that message while I was in RWJ and so on. But, um, I mean, I was intubated for like two weeks and that I could obviously couldn't talk cause I had a, uh, a breathing tube down my throat. So that was definitely something that got very frustrating in the beginning because it's not being able to talk to anybody. You're trying to use an iPad to Ugh. type out what you want to say to people, but my hands were still, they weren't really working at the time. So just cause the uh, injury was so fresh. Sure. So that is definitely something that can get extremely frustrating trying yeah. to, uh, figure out workarounds about that, how to communicate with people. Yes. Aaron, did but you have to have any surgeries? I did. I had to get a, um, I only had one, one major surgery for the spinal cord. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they put a cage in, um, I believe it's connected to my, uh, C5 and C7, right. Where, uh, uh, above and under the, uh, C6 that I, uh, injured. Okay. But, um, that was the only major procedure. And then, um, but I was lucky about, cause I think at one point they were wondering if they were gonna have to go back in. They kind of had to see after the uh, first initial surgery, which I was uh, lucky enough and blessed enough to not have a have to have a second go around with a big procedure like that. Good Lord, thank the Lord, right? Absolutely. Yeah, get in there, do it once, and then get me out of there. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah. So now you've had your surgery and you're kind of sort of coming to grips with all of this, and the next step is now rehabilitation. Um, and you'll hear in the intro that I did that um, I had kind of heard, I didn't know, obviously I didn't know you, but I heard about your situation when I was listening to WFAN one day. They mentioned about a young man got injured in a football game down the Jersey Shore. And selfishly, I thought, you know, I would really hope that he comes to Kessler because I'd love to meet him and try and help his family and this and that. And I was lucky enough that you did come to Kessler and now you're there. Uh, it's known for rehabilitation. What is your mindset now? I, I, I would assume being an athlete, did you take that sort of athletic background and wrestling mentality into the gym with you and attack therapy? It 100% have an athletic background. I would say it definitely helps with uh, rehab because, I mean, it's you're used to kind of working out throughout the day. However many times it was we were doing rehab, you're used to working out and so on. So that uh, that aspect of being an athlete, definitely definitely helped out because you were kind of used to rehab or working out or whatever it was and then uh yeah nope we came to a kessler got to meet you and yokin <laughs> very uh definitely one of the uh better parts about being at kessler for sure yeah getting to meet you guys i'm happy we still have this relationship yes but, absolutely. Um, yeah definitely uh definitely being a athlete i think for sure helped me out with my initial start of uh, inpatient therapy at kessler yes and i think being the age you were were you 17 when the injury happened i was um 18 18 i mean youth man having youth on your side they always say if you're ever gonna have a spinal cord injury have it while you're young i was 24 when i had my accident and i made some really good strides. I mean, you were probably looking around the room and there were, you know, some older folks that were there and they weren't progressing as quickly as you were. I'm sure you could see that. Yeah, that's um, and all the, all the doctors said that too. And a uh, therapist that I work with definitely being young and so growing and so on. Yeah. It's a hundred percent a, a uh, positive in this situation when you're trying to rehab through something like this. Yes. Cause you're in great shape to begin with. So you come in, uh, in really good shape and then, you know, you get banged up and you're a couple of weeks laid up. 
but uh, your body is still what it is. And so that definitely helps you. How about what was your um, familiarity with something called occupational therapy? I had no idea what OT was after or before I had my spinal cord injury. And then, you know, I'm thrown into to PT and then they say, we're going to take you across the hall. You're going to do occupational therapy. So what the heck is that? But, you know, in some cases, and maybe for people like you and I, it's almost more important because that is the, the, the folks that help you with, you know, getting dressed and feeding yourself and, you know, brushing your teeth and, and doing that kind of stuff. It's so important. So did you know anything about OT before your accident? I, I really had never uh, heard about OT. And I really, I didn't know what it was even probably the first day doing it. They had to explain to me kind of what their role was and everything. Yeah. But um, it's it's just as important as PT for sure because it's helping you with uh, like life skills that you're going to have to uh, kind of figure out throughout the process of your recovery. And um, no, I was so happy with my, uh, my OT at Kessler though. And I uh, do OT now at a place called Atlantic Therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm um, really, really happy with everything that I got to do there in Atlantic. But it's, it's definitely something that's helped me out so much just with everyday activities. Yeah. Having a... Great, great OTs helped me. Yeah, it's it's so important, and and it's something that's funny. You and I didn't really know too much about, but such are things that you find out when you get banged up, like we did, and uh, yeah, it's kind of foisted upon us. But thank goodness that it's there, and and uh, and the folks that are work in that field that that can really bring us along and show us. I learned early on there's more than one way to skin a cat, so maybe there was something I did prior to my accident one way. But, you know, now that my arms or hands and fingers don't really work the way they used to, I have to go about doing it another way. And so that's, uh, thank goodness for occupational therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. So now there's one constant in your life, and you've already talked about them a few times, is uh, your amazing parents. I, I was lucky enough to to really get a chance to get to know your dad when you were in uh, in the gym. And he, yep. his relationship with you really reminded me of the relationship that I had with my dad. He was my, he was my idol and, and my, my rock star. And he was with me every minute of the day when I had my accident, uh, after it, you know, my mom and my sister and everybody were right there too, but my dad, you know, he was sort of like the quarterback when everything went down. And so it was really neat for me to see that relationship on, uh, from the other side. And so, um, and I really enjoyed getting to meet your mom and your aunt sugar and a lot of your friends that would come up to visit you. So here's an opportunity for you to kind of brag on them and, uh, tell us just how important they were, you know, not only initially, but you know, the support that they gave you and your friends, uh, when you're in this fragile state all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, obviously my mom and dad, I couldn't be more, more in debt to them for everything they've done for me from uh staying with me at least one of them every night at a uh, kessler and rwj throughout the uh, whole inpatient stage and um just giving me all the opportunities to go to all kinds of different therapies and so on and uh try to move my recovery along as fast as possible they are the uh the most amazing people in my life and there's no no doubt about that at all and i can't i can't be thankful enough yeah and, and how about then, um, how about your buds that would come up to visit you? That's that wasn't a uh, an easy ride. I mean, you're what 45, 50 minutes away. I mean, I, I was lucky enough. Least, yeah, yeah. I lived about 
10 minutes from Kessler. So you could have thrown a rock from my, from my house yeah. and, you know, hit the driveway. So you had, your buddies had to get on the parkway and whatnot. No, they are, they're the best. They're the best. And, um, I can't be thankful enough for them either because I know that it's definitely not an easy ride from down, uh, down where we live. Um, just them, they coming up for holidays and obviously just showing up randomly with their parents and us being able to hang out. It's definitely something that helped me through the inpatient stage a whole lot. Yeah. Having that, uh, positive, uh, that positive, um, mentality with your friends coming up and hanging out with you and kind of making it feel as normal as possible. We were going through something like a, uh, a spinal cord injury and, uh, yeah. in, in the inpatient process, it, it helped a million times over. Yep. And we're lucky that we had that. I, I I can remember there were some folks that were with, when I was an inpatient that had nobody, they, they would go to therapy and they would go back to their room and there was no one that would come and visit them. And I don't know, I don't know how they did that. I could have never done it uh, as young as I was. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way. I mean, how, how do you do that by yourself? It's, it's a really a strange thing. I think the, uh, I think the metal part of it and having, positive people around you might be the most important thing about the whole recovery in the process. So yeah, yeah, I'm just so, so happy and blessed that I could have people around me so often, people that I love and uh, have great friendships with. Yeah. And on good days and bad, like on a, on a great day, they're there to really, you know, revel in it with you. And on, on days where you're not having such a good day, they're there to pick you up. And so um, it's, it's just so, so important. And uh Absolutely. Thank God you had that and and me too and some of the other folks that we knew. Now, how about this? Uh, It seemed like every day that I would run into your pops in the hallway, early on at least, he was sharing with me another video from some sports superstar who had reached out for you. Can you you care to rattle off a few of the names of the folks who did reach out to you? Um, I know one of them was, was your old quarterback, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Yeah, that was, uh, that was unreal. That, um, that happened while we were in RWJ. He sent a uh, a message out to us, and that was like I can I still can't believe it to be honest. But um, that was unbelievable. When your dad was showing me that, I couldn't even believe it. Absolutely, and I I, I hate to say it, I'm probably gonna forget a couple of names just because so many people came out and helped and said something or sent a message, which is I can't be more thankful for all the people who kind of uh who reached out and everything. But a lot of uh. NFL, NFL guys, T.E. Barber, uh, Rod Gronkowski, Joe Klecko, um, the the uh, cast of um, on NFL Network. I forget what show it is exactly, but Brandon Marshall, Phil Sims, everybody on that uh, show reached out. Wow. Um, the Notre Dame coaches reached out, which were uh, were big Notre Dame fans. So that was so cool to see a uh, coach. Uh, Marcus Freeman sent my mother some uh, flowers and sent a letter up for us. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't be more thankful for all the uh, support that we got from yeah. all kinds of different people. Sure, and I know that uh, Coach Iano down at Rutgers. I think Eric Legrand. They were they were pretty uh, important early on as well, weren't they? Coach Iano, yep. He uh, while I was still in RWJ, I believe it was a, a Thursday, and they were playing Nebraska the next day that Friday at home, and he um, he stopped in, which was an absolutely amazing experience to be able to meet him in person. He's an awesome person. Yeah. And, um, and he was also at, a Buccaneers uh, coach too, right? Yep. 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 So, uh, yeah. had that, uh, connection with him too. That and then, um, awesome. obviously meeting, uh, Eric, I met him up at, uh, 
Kessler because he was in for a uh, a visit there, and I got to meet him and his mother. They're both absolutely amazing people, and uh, Eric is so inspiring. Everything he does, yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Eric is a good man, and his mom is even better. She's terrific. They're they're awesome people. Yeah, and he's everywhere now. I mean, he's got podcasts. He's he's making whiskey and, and whiskey coffee. coffee. Yep. Right. He is. It just goes to show you these injuries are not the end of the world. I mean, this is why I record this podcast is because I bring people on who've had awful things happen to them, and yet some of them are you know multimillionaires. They've started their own businesses and they're just thriving. And so, um, yeah, Eric is great. And uh, keep in touch with him. I know he's he's someone that can that can help you know you out down the road, and he's certainly helped me out with a lot of different things. And I, I look up to him, as you said, he's inspirational, no doubt. Sure is. Yeah. How about now? Just to get a little heavy with you, I know that religion is something that is is big for you, uh, and in particular, Padre Pio. I know you you and your family made a trip over to Italy, but tell me how that all came about. I know. Uh, a friend of yours, Joe Leone, is is a big Padre Pio person. So if you could yep. talk about that, you know, how that came about and that relationship. Yeah, we, um, I'm, Joe Leone's down here, just so everybody knows, is kind of like a uh, Italian, like, market. And there are uh, big stores in Point Beach. And Joe Leone is obviously the uh, the owner. And we he lives in uh, Brielle, which is a town right next to Manasquan. So um, we... Uh, we we him and my father were definitely like mutual friends they knew of each other they would see each other at like manasquan high school football games and so on mm-hmm. so when i got to a rwj maybe a weekend maybe even less joe uh he sent up a letter to us asking if it would be okay if he came up and uh prayed for 33 days straight with us which obviously we said uh that would that would be that would be awesome we would love that mm-hmm. so it's it's now been a year just to make a a long story short and he's still we still pray together as much as we can but um no he definitely uh opened up our eyes to a religion a little bit more than uh than we had uh known our little we definitely practice obviously way more since he's come into our life sure and we're so happy that we uh kind of have grounded our faith a little bit more because yeah. of him yeah and, i mean um I remember in, I was in the hallway and your dad introduced me to him. He mentioned the name and I thought, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we, we have a house down in Bayhead and he's got a big store right in Point Pleasant, as you said. And I'm thinking, yep. wait, is this the same guy? And your dad's like, yeah, it's the same one. Cause we go there all the time. He's got terrific yeah, food. He does. He really does. And then really it was a, it was a treat getting to meet him at the, uh, Boomer and Geo game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I mean, what yeah. a nice man and his his children. He was so proud of them and 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 how well they were doing. And um, it's an amazing guy. And and I'm glad that he was able to bring that to you because, you know, not to get all holy roller again, but prayer is especially at, at the time that we needed it was really important. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm happy. His whole family, like you said, they're they're great people. And, um, no, I think it's definitely something that has helped me tremendously with this recovery that, and, uh, working out those two things, working out a religion are definitely one A and one B right next to each other with how my, uh, how my recovery has been going for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Now, Aaron, talk about your transition home after you left Kessler. Uh, I know that your dad and your mom, they did a heck of a lot of work to, to renovate your house, to get you back in there. 
um, with the wheelchair and to get the shower and everything put together. He, he did a lot to the house. You'll have to tell us what he did. And then what was it like, you know, you're, you go from a hospital where the nurses are doing everything. And then you go to a rehab place where again, there's aides and there's orderlies and there's people that are really doing pretty much a lion's share of everything. And now it's you and your mom and your dad and your home. And it's like, it's great to be home, but wow, it's, I'm, I'm living a little bit of a different life here. So talk about how that all went down. Yeah, my uh, my dad he he built houses for a living, so he uh, he knew pretty quickly that we were gonna need some kind of renovation on the uh, the house, and he he jumped on that train really quick, starting to get that going. I think while I was still in RWJ, probably he started working out the uh, the the blueprint and everything, and what we were gonna kind of have to add on to the house just to make everything accessible for the time being. But um, when we left Kessler inpatient, we uh, the house still wasn't ready just because it was such a short turnaround. They had to try to get everything done. So we I ended up staying at my aunt's house actually, which um, I think you met my aunt multiple times. Sure did. Yeah, yeah, and uh, aunt Sugar, aunt Sugar, she, she's uh, the best. She is. She is. We um we actually ended up staying at her house. I want to say for about two months. And uh, it was like a two-month sleepover with my cousins and everything, so that was pretty cool. I guess they couldn't complain. <laughs> and they are—they're—they're they're the best for uh, making everything easy for me, getting a, getting a portable ramp so I can get in their house and everything. Sure. And um, they are the—they are my second pair of parents, my aunt and uncle. Nice. So then, uh, going there, two months there, we finally got back to our house in Manaswan and moved back in, and it was just um. It's de- it's definitely overwhelming, I would say, for me, but more so for my parents. Just trying to figure out when you have nurses and aides to help you. Where now it's kind of me and them, and we got to like figure figure some things out on the fly. Right. It's and get, like, get a routine down. Yeah, it's like okay, now it's on you. It's like I guess when your parents had you as a baby, and it's you know they were in the hospital with you for a little bit, and then they're driving home and they're looking at each other like, what do we do now? You know, we got this little baby and. You know, in in a way, it's like that all over again. It's like, okay, now we've got Aaron home and it's like, whoa, and and you're a part of it. I mean, there's certain things that you can do uh, for yourself and hopefully, you know, you'll progress even more with that. But it's... um, it's good to be home, but as I said, it's you probably felt a little different. I know I did when I got home. It was great to be there, but I'm looking around thinking, you know, I used to go up and down those stairs pretty easy, and, and I can't do that right now. And, you know, the, try to get into the bathroom, and it's it's all different, but it's it's good to be home at the end of the day, right? Oh, 100%. It was um, definitely one of the better parts of this process, finally, being able to uh, come to my house and say, we're staying here now, we're back home after probably about six six months and change and not being in my own house yeah it's uh it was definitely a relief kind of to be sleeping in my own bed again oh without a question it's 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 that thing that people as you mentioned six months away from home i think i was pretty close into that thing six months that's crazy um but to be back is uh is great even if it might be different and you're you're figuring things out i'm glad to hear that um, things are going well there now. And so now that you're home and you're going to pick up with therapy again, I know that you started going to something, a place called Push to Walk. I want you to tell me how important that is uh, and what they have you working on that's that's putting out these amazing videos that I'm watching on Instagram. Yeah, um, 
Project Walk is a uh, it's a rehab um, uh, spinal cord restoration uh, or or any um, any disability I guess that affects mobility. Mm-hmm. They uh, they definitely work with some um, I would say some intense intense therapy, probably some of the more intense up more intense therapy for an injury like this that you could find anywhere. They're uh, down in Mount Laurel, and they uh, they their um, thought process on working out is that you're going to be out of the chair for every workout if we're getting your vertical and stand and doing sit to stands or if we're using a uh, an up walker or a, uh, a rift in they call it to help you do some assisted walking around the place mm-hmm. they uh they have all kinds of different uh, gadgets that they use to do all kinds of different things and yeah they they have been an absolute blessing and uh the people there like there couldn't be nicer people i mean all my 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 primary therapist ken love them and I, all the therapists there both uh mike p mike g uh carly um Daniel shout out Ryan, all of the yeah, shout out there all the <laughs> yeah. uh, all the best the aides yeah they um they're awesome i couldn't be more happy with the people that i'm working with there they so uh take us through a day in the life uh w- working out with them what what um, what do they have you working? What do they first start you working with? And what do they have you, uh, have you graduated onto now? So when we, uh, when we started going there or when we started going there, we started with a lot of, um, a lot of simpler, like upper body stuff, trying to kind of strengthen the upper body. Cause when I got there, I had lost a, uh, a good amount of weight from where I was before I got hurt. And we were kind of trying to rebuild uh, muscle and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of upper body stuff. And then on top of that, we were starting to try to get the uh, the foundation to start doing some more lower body stuff. So that's a lot of standing and weight bearing you know, where, wherever you're doing it in the building, they have a, a, a bunch of different ways to try to do some, um, some standing and so on. And then a lot of assisted walking where they would uh, harness me uh, underneath my, um, through like my crotch, pretty much they would put a harness there. So I would be like hung up and then we'd work on walking Yep. and they had like a tread assisted treadmill to help start walking. And then, um, now we've kind of just been trying to, to kick off all the, uh, the, the belts and everything that we've been using to try to get to the point where we're walking with no, no assistance. Jeez. And you're doing it. You're, 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 do you feel your legs on the ground? Do you, do you have feeling? Do you have sensation? Like, can you, can you tell when you're, you're taking a step and that kind of stuff? I get the, uh, I, the amount that I've come or the amount that I've uh, strengthened my, uh, my connection with my muscles, maybe not like feeling like if you were to touch me, I couldn't feel it, but right. trying to activate the muscles mm-hmm. has come so far and being able to, kind of dial in on a muscle that I want to activate whenever we're doing a workout. How far that's come is ridiculous in the amount of time that we've been there. Yeah. So I, mean, I, uh, I, I definitely think that the strides we've made for, for um, trying to get back up on my feet are amazing. And I'm so happy to be able to go to a place like that four times a week now and uh, work out there. Yeah. I mean, I, as I said, your dad will shoot me videos now and then, and I'm looking at these things. I can't even believe this is the same young man that I, that I saw at Kessler. I think when I first met you, you were laying flat on your back and you still had the ventilator in. So, yeah. And now it's like, I'm watching this guy and he's like walking across the, I mean, I know you're having assistance with the, with the therapist and everybody around you, but it's like, 
wow, I mean, this, this is really happening. So do you, do you use the chair more so, or do you, do you get up or is there talk of maybe using like a rollator one of these days? I mean, what is, what is the next goal? Right now, something we've been really uh, focused on is trying to be able to stand straight with really no assistance, no, no one like blocking the knees or anything. That's actually what we were working on today, trying mm-hmm. to see, uh, how much I could get without having any like knee knee assistance blocking my knees out. Yep. So we're we're really trying to get uh, the weight bearing down and standing, so we can eventually at some point try to move to a uh, a regular walker, whenever that would be, and then start trying to move on, trying to walk from something, trying to walk with something like that. Yeah. And um, no, it's been a uh, a really uh, interesting process a long process but definitely worth it at the end of the day oh without a doubt as i said those videos are are so inspiring and and you know keep pushing man i i I give you all the credit in the world you're really going after it and it's it's admirable and it really shows your hard work is is definitely paying off so that's a great thing yeah so tell us about the Boomer and Geo Benefit football game that you had at St. John Vianney was back in the spring. How did that evening come together and how cool was it to have that flag football game on your behalf? It was a it was a awesome experience. That was um that was actually my first time back on the uh, St. John Vianney football field. And uh the the way it came about, I believe, was that uh on the uh the fan where they do their uh their show, there's a uh one of their uh commentators and one of the people talking on the show's names at like Jerry Recco. Yes. And his, uh, his son went to St. John Vianney and we were in the, in the same grade. And, uh, he, we played baseball for, uh, a year or two. So we were definitely, uh, we had a friendship and, uh, his father, I think heard about everything that went on. Yeah. And he decided to try to put this, uh, this flag football game that we ended up doing together with, uh, Boomer and Geo and all the, uh, the guys from the fan who came down to a Vianney and they, uh, yeah, played the uh, Vianney boys football team in a uh, flag football flag football game, and uh, it was it was definitely a cool way to get back on the uh, St. John Vianney football field for the first time since I had uh, been hurt. Yeah, and and I I went down. My sister and I came down, and also Jane Mitchell, my boss. We all made the trip down, and it was it was great to see you with your buds, you know, out on the field, and it was like, hey. I'm back kind of a thing. You know, you, you were there with your, with your friends and you were part of the team and, and had a chance. And I understand you were calling some plays and it was fun, right? It was awesome. It was, it was probably one of the, uh, one of the first times that I got to see everybody from the football team again, all together mm-hmm. since I had uh, been hurt. So it was obviously awesome in that aspect to be able to hang out with everybody again. And, um, no, I, I can't thank Mr. Recco and uh, all the guys from the fan enough for doing what they did. Boomer's a big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is a big dude. He's oh a big dude. Gosh, you don't you don't realize, you know, you see him on TV and but yeah, he got one an, an MVP in the NFL. He's he's legit yep. and he's uh he's a borderline Hall of Famer, you know, at some point maybe he'll get himself in there, but that was a lot of fun for me. And I, as I said, I listened to those guys in the morning. So it was, it was really fun to, uh, to check that out. Um, how about now, Aaron, what's next college wise? Are you, are you thinking about, um, you taking the gap year, I think this year, and then you're going to think about going to school. I know yet Notre Dame was always like the, the dream. Um, but I don't know whether that's going to happen. You might want to stay local. What is, what is the plan moving forward? 
so we uh we are taking a gap year this year to uh do therapy and everything and uh work out that process and get as much as we can in this uh this year coming up and then uh me and my parents have been talking about what we're thinking for next year we're not we're not really decided yet i um Obviously, I applied to some colleges while well. I was at inpatient in uh, in Kessler because it was that kind of time of the year. Yeah, and I applied to uh, some schools just to see what the uh, response would be, and um, I, I I did that process. And I'm thinking this next this next go around, I'm going to do that again. Yeah, and we're probably going to look at our options from there and uh, figure out where I'm going to be uh, going to college for the next uh, two to four years, whatever it is. If I go to community, yep, and then transfer to a. Uh, uh, state colleges or whatever it is and uh, go from there with it. Have any idea what, you, what you're interested in studying? I know that finance was something that was big. Your dad used to tell me you were a big stock market guy. So is that something or, or do you think you might want to get into um, sports and, and coaching and, and that whole aspect? Yeah, I, um, I would love to do both of them if it was possible. And I, I hope it is a possibility. But I, uh, I applied to all the schools to go to um, – to major like economics or finance, whatever it was, whatever yeah. the, uh, whatever they had at that college, the closest thing to it. So I'm thinking, I'm hoping to major in economics or finance. And then when it comes to sports, I hope that I could, uh, once I get to the college or figure out which college I'm going to, I'd love to help with the football team in some way. If that's a possible, if that's a possibility, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can, you can do anything. You could probably be up in the booth and relay some stuff down or maybe do some scouting. I'm sure they could find something for you to do. That, yeah, that would be absolutely awesome. That's, um, I've been trying to help out with Vienna a little bit. I wish I could get there more than I do, but I've been, uh, yep. doing stuff for them every once in a while, which has been cool to see how the, uh, coaches kind of go about their routine on game on game day and throughout the week sure and how they uh organize everything so it's, it's been a really good learning experience yeah some fresh eyes maybe you see something that they don't um and speaking of colleges and whatnot you just returned from an amazing trip out to south bend indiana for notre dame ohio state what a weekend i mean the weather could not have been better tell me about your amazing trip and, uh, you know, you don't have to bring up the final play, which was the buzzkill. Yeah. But other than that, it was an amazing weekend. No, it was it was surreal. Me and my uh, my parents, we've been talking about getting to Notre Dame for a game since I was a little kid. And the uh, the the fact that we all finally got there it, when we were sitting in the stadium, I, my parents had some tears in their eyes because we, we finally like made it to what we've been wanting to do. And it's such a big game too, which made it even better. But um, we got there on Thursday, Thursday night, we got to uh, South Bend. Then Friday, we took the day to check out the campus and everything, which is stunning. We uh, got to see the grotto and everything in the, uh, the stadium. Mm. They even let us in the, uh, the locker room to check it out and got to go down on the field a little bit the day before. And then uh, obviously the day of the game, Notre Dame. I'd never been to a Notre Dame game, and it just it still blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the pageantry and everything that kind of have going on with the band and all the tradition there mm. during and uh, before the game. It's 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 amazing, and obviously the last play. Oh, uh, they had them. They they ripped our heart out with that last play. Oh, uh, we were sitting on the Ohio State side too, so we had people yelling our ears after the uh, the last play. Oh, I'm sure you but, did. We uh we couldn't be happier with the experience and yeah. um we were driving home and I told my dad I was like uh 
I, the, only, the only problem with what we just did going to that game is that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top that with a live sporting experience. So it might just be downhill from here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And and again, that whole aspect of me watching you and your dad and, and my relationship with my dad. When soon after I had my accident, we flew out to South Bend. Uh, we again had a trip planned like you guys did and, and we finally made it out and of of course, who do you think we saw play? It was Notre Dame and Ohio State, and they were there. You go. They were Ohio State was number one. Orlando Pace was the big player back then, and uh, Notre Dame wound up losing again, unfortunately. But this just a lot of cyclical stuff between you and your dad and your family and and me. I just kind of see myself through. Uh, through your eyes a little bit there. So that was an awesome trip. And speaking of trips, you guys returned, um, I guess it was what, in early September, you went to Italy. Tell me about that trip. Yeah, we, uh, we went to Italy from the second to the eighth and, uh, we went there on kind of our definitely like a, a pilgrimage, I would call it to see all like the, uh, the religious structures, all the different churches, the Vatican. We went to, um, mainly go see Padre Pio and his tomb. Yeah. Kinda as like a, a gratitude I I would say for uh all the uh everything he's done for us while we've been praying to him, we kind of went to thank him and everything, and it was it was definitely an unreal experience. The the architecture there from all the religious structures are just regular buildings throughout the city is insane. It's uh it's crazy how they built those those buildings hundreds to a thousand year ago thousand years ago, and they're still uh, standing and they look beautiful. Yeah, oh without a doubt. Yeah. Now, had your parents ever been? They had not been to Italy. I think it was, I think for all three of us, it was our first time to Europe. I know, obviously, I haven't been there, and I don't believe my parents had ever been to Europe. So I know Italy is a big one on a lot of people's uh, bucket list, and I, they were excited that they could kind of uh, get that one off their list. Cross they, it uh, off, it's yeah. It's a beautiful place. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, Aaron, I, I really want to thank you for your time. You've given me so much of your time. I know you're a busy young man. What I yeah, like to do, you. yeah, with with my final question, I like to always ask those of us who've had spinal cord injuries this one, because I get basically a different answer from everybody. And that is, if I could snap my fingers right now and you would be completely able-bodied once again, what is the first thing that comes to your mind that you would do? I would... I would definitely get up, give my parents a big hug for sure. That'd be the first thing. Um, for sure, give them both the biggest hugs I've ever given them, probably. <laughs> and then um, I'd probably grab like a football, go go get one of my friends and just chuck it around for hours and hours. I uh, that's something that I definitely uh miss and uh plan on getting back to at some point. Yeah. And I think that's definitely if I could uh. Get up right now. It's what I would do. Go yep. throw football for five hours straight, probably. Tell your buddy to go deep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Loft a long one out there. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, For me, I would get out my sneaks and go out for a run and get that sweat rolling down my lips. You know, we talked about Eric Legrand before. He said, the first thing you really want to know, he said, I would run out my front door butt naked and run down the street. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, everybody's got a different answer. I've heard hug my wife, dance with my kids, and that's the beauty of it. You know, everybody's got their own ideas and their own answers. And so that's why I put it out there. I think it's sort of a fun question to cap off an interview with. 
now I'm sure you get a, a variety of different answers from that one. Without question, without question. And again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing story, which is evolving each and every day. I hope that you'll keep in touch and continue posting your unbelievable videos on Instagram because they they give me a pick-me-up sometimes when, uh, when I need it. And also, I want you to give your parents a big hug from me. And of course, Yoken, he sends his best. And uh, we have to get Yoki and uh, Dougie together one of these days. What do you say? I know. Please, please give uh, Yoki a treat for me or something. Give him a hug from me. I, I miss him. I hope to see him soon. I certainly will. And I and I hope we're going to keep in touch down the road because uh, I didn't get a chance to see you this summer down at the shore. It was uh, I was having a tough summer, but maybe this this upcoming summer we could put something together. It would be great to see you. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. Well, thanks again for for sharing your story. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and your family. Thank you. Same here. Thank you for letting me share my story. And what a story it is. One of resilience, determination, hard work, and love. It is truly a tale of triumph over tragedy. I'm telling you, folks, you had better buy stock in Aaron Van Trees right now because the only thing brighter than his amazing smile is his future. Thanks again for doing this, Aaron. Keep defying the odds, my friend. And stay tuned, quadcasters. I'm scheduling my next episode as we speak. My guest will be Nikki Walsh, a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, a content creator and mentor for women with disabilities. She has been featured in Women's Health Magazine, WebMD, and Love What Matters. She strives to show all wheelchair users that despite their disabilities, they can do anything that they want to in life. Amen, Nikki. Can't wait to speak with you. Thanks as always to Chris Parapesco at Harbor Picture Company in New York City. Until next time, I am John McAlevey, and I thank you for your time. I don't-